All right, Tuesday Club, we are going to get our drafting on Underdog going. Also talk a little hoops and, uh, and of course, get in the Week 10 NFL streets. Underdog also just launched the uh, playoff best ball. Holy cow. Don't know if I'm in the frame of mind for playoff best ball yet, but we will discuss it here on the show. It's the club. Let's do it. Right, the club. We got Clay now settled in the Carolinas. We got Andy in the classic closet. How's it going, guys? Doing good. Doing good. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. It's uh, always like this weird lull between you know the wake of Week Nine, you know, finishing and then getting starting to set our sights on uh, Week Ten. Here, I've already been doing some of the battle royales to get uh, get a feel here. Uh, what about nice. you guys? I'm great. Yeah, just adjusting to a slower pace of life, but uh, it's, uh, it's it's enjoying it a lot. So yeah, I'm trying to get my head wrapped around everything as well. Uh, fully feel like fully settled now, so I'm I'm ready for week ten. Um, week nine was I was close. I was dancing all around the right places, but uh, I did not have any Stroud doubles in my life. So uh, no Stroud, no money last week. How uh, like how out? How much different is your life right now? Like, can you walk to any uh, restaurants or anything like that? Are you no. out in rural no. area? Okay. It's 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 both. It's not so rural per se. It's not like this. The, the lake that we're on is like not. Um, it's not like a out in the boonies per se. There's definitely a lot around, but it still takes about like you know a ten minute drive to get to stuff. And so it's a good incentive. Like it's so different. It's like we're not walking out for like coffees in the morning. We're not walking down the street yeah. to restaurants and dinners and stuff, but uh, all very welcome change of pace. And we both like that. Both my wife, Stacy and I like to cook a lot. So uh, we've, we've upgraded some stuff off the wedding registry as well. Got a fresh new espresso machine. That's been an incredible addition go. to the house. A new little air fryer joint. Um, that I'm excited about. Never really messed around with those before. So uh, yeah, man, we're adjusting well, I think. Nice dude. Yeah. Now you got a, I, I would rather imagine that you have you're living like the full outdoorsman life, like your new workouts are flipping over, you know, tires, pushing tractors, chopping down wood. Uh, yeah. What's what's the workout setup? Well, right now, still Peloton, although it is 80 degrees here today. So I'm so tempted yeah. to uh, go hop on a paddleboard and get a little paddle in. The problem is it's like, you know, dark at five o'clock. So, yeah, uh, that's not going to work so well. But um, yeah, they really uh, the lake is controlled by like a, an energy company in this area. Uh, it was like originally built back in the day. So during like the winter winter months, even though it's still you know incredibly warm right now, they lowered a lot um, for some purposes. I relative to power and energy, I guess. So it's a little bit harder to get out there, uh, but you know we'll make it work. I'm excited to get some some paddling in. That'll be my preferred method of workouts. Yeah, uh, very soon. Yeah, that sounds. Is, nice. I've never uh, paddleboarded before. Is it like an actual workout? Is it? Yeah. Or, all right. It was because you, 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 you could do a very casual version of it, but if you okay. like uh you know get comfortable enough on the board like it's an amazing like back uh shoulder like full arms workout really to be honest like the stability part is not even as much the workout it's like if you get really cranking and get some good form like um my uncle does it avidly and over the last like 10 years or so he's in the best shape of his life in his like 50s like he's shredded and he just goes paddling and a lot of he's a very much like a water sports kind of guy lives down in the charleston area now um but it's yeah it's a great workout Love that. Uh, Andy, what's new with you? How have the, the hoop streets been going? No, uh, no NBA tonight, right? So you get a night off. Uh, 
kind of yeah i've been good you know losing in nfl winning in nba as is tradition i played like very little nfl this past week um but i think i'm gonna do more this week uh i've already max entered the tournament for tomorrow so i figured i'd get ahead of it a little bit um it was actually one of those interesting things there's like it's like a 14 game slate tomorrow so it's it's really really deep and um I don't know, just like literally none of the main kind of guys that you would see in these like tournaments was drafting today. And so I was like, all right, it's, a, it's an opportunity to like get kind of weird and draft against people who like I literally never draft against and like try to yeah. get some really unique combos, try to, you know, hope, hopefully draft against more casual players. And uh, I seemingly was the case, like looking at kind of my exposures and how things worked out. Uh, you know, time will tell. We'll see how it does, how my lineups perform tomorrow. But do you, do you have um with that big of a slate in six person draft? Do you find yourself randomizing your ranks a little bit more so you have? Because I assume there's a lot of good players who go undrafted in this relative to some of the short slates. So it, whereas if you were just sticking to your ranks, you would end up with probably a, too much of one guy. Yeah, I like especially the sixth round. I like, I don't think there's a ton of value in getting like really unique, you know, drafting four guys from the sixth round or something, just because like, what are the odds that you hit the nuts with that? And the other two guys you drafted are the best guys. Like just the chances of you doing that are like so slim. I think you're better off just like playing the hits with those first couple rounds of guys who have a higher chance of, of popping off. Um, But yeah, definitely like, especially the last round uh, on a day like today, I was just like kind of every 15 or so drafts, essentially just changing who my first pick was of that last round. Like by yeah. ranked 30 player, I would just pick a new player each time based on kind of all the guys who I had in that range from like 30 to 45 and who I liked and who I thought had upside. Um, Cause even though there's that many games, there's still like, there are some pretty clear tiers, I think. And obviously any given night, who knows what can happen, but there are definitely some tiers where after like 28 or so, there is a bit of a drop off. Um, And so it, it felt like pretty easy to kind of construct like rankings and, and different like lineup outcomes that you felt good about. Well, if you learn anything, it's like you need five players from the same game on these big slates. And that's how you take down these uh, NBA contests this year. So uh, was that an, was that a, is that an overtime game? Is that how that played out? The one with the five onslaughting a team or a game? I don't. I don't think it went to overtime. It was the Clippers. Yeah, I think it was Lakers overtime. Game. It was overtime. Maybe it was overtime. Yeah, that was. That's normally the, the stuff with NBA, right? Like it would have to the be. one yeah. time that you can get away with onslaughting a game is if it goes to overtime, and then yeah. getting those extra minutes is just so massive. It, it, I just want to leave us lost a, a lot of the principles. Whereas, like a Russ Kawhi PG team, like you think that those three guys should not normally show up in the winning lineup on a big slate like that. I would, it would need to be like a three or four game slate for that to even be plausible in most circumstances. But you know, that's the beauty of NBA uh, drafting. Yeah. I mean that it's kind of like, I mean, it's a very macro thought about all of DFS. Like you look at these trends and all of these things and, you know, X amount of lineups do this. Like you could look at, um, 
Utica's winning Millie Maker lineup from Sunday. And you're like, how many times would a triple stack in a bring back win the Millie Maker? And the trends would probably look pretty unfavorably on something like that. But when you're in the like 0.01% outcomes, it's the kind of stuff that doesn't show up uh as part yeah. of like a data bucket for this is generally mm -hmm. what wins these type of contests so that's always like the push pull right of chasing outlier type things but also knowing you need to hit on outlier events to a lot of times win these contests yeah i think the one thing with a lot of these underdog contests is they're just not like you don't have to hit the the absolute nuts a lot of the time you just need to hit like the 90 ninth percentile instead of like the 99.9 percentile yeah versus on like on we're on like a draft kings or something and so i think that's where you like can make the case to not necessarily get like quite as correlated or like do those crazy five team onslaught type of things like I, like the guy he got lucky that it worked but like i don't think it's like a repeatable strategy necessarily versus or at least i don't think it's it is a repeatable strategy i don't think it is the optimal repeatable strategy for those like smaller slates well and that i mean that kind of idea of correlation and not having to get many things right i mean i had two top tens in battle royale and a lot of my macro takes were wrong like the one thing i hit on was cj stroud double stacks and i guess josh jacobs because i had him in both of those lineups too but like i was definitely aj brown over cd lamb i did i was like full fading the cowboys i thought deandre swift was like a smash pick um like all of my other stuff dj moore was my highest rostered player last week i thought he was mispriced he didn't do anything um turns out he was correctly priced uh, yeah <laughs> i was i was in on the uh the patriots passing game uh liked a lot of demario douglas like that didn't hit in a massive way but just having like the one small thing that hit that no one else was on uh, is such a huge advantage in those 36 person drafts. Yeah, totally. Um, Let's see here. Uh, oh, I wanted to ask you guys about Victor Wembenyama. Uh, I saw him pop up the other night, had an insane 38 point game led uh the spurs to a win over the suns would you say he is uh meeting or exceeding expectations so far out of the gate i feel I like he's say. probably meeting meeting them yeah like i think there was a bit like the hype was so insane that unless he was the best player in the nba right away it'd be hard for him to <laughs> exceed the expectations um I think he's been really, really good. I think that it's more so just that like the hype had gotten so insane that he was going to be doing crazy stuff. And there's still like, you could look at his box score and see a guy who's playing really well. But I think when you, especially when you look and watch the games, he'll have these couple minute stretches where it just like, doesn't seem fair. <laughs> like the stuff he does is just totally insane. And so I think in that sense, um, probably like slightly exceeding just because it's happened so fast. But yeah, I think, I think the only reason he's not exceeding expectations is just because the, the hype was so, so high. Yeah. I think it's like one of the circumstances where like meeting the expectations is almost exceeding them. If that makes sense, yeah. because like they were so high and I think for him, like, I mean, personally, I think a lot of people are gonna be doing this, right. It's kind of natural, like to want to compare his rookie year to like LeBron's. Cause like by far kind of the most sought prospects since LeBron, um and so i mean so far his stats are i believe you know slightly above where lebron's were in his rookie year through this point in time granted we're still like two weeks into the season it's so early but i will say getting like back-to-back -back dubs against you know the katie led sons despite them obviously having injury issues 
it's pretty incredible. And the I don't you know the Spurs is a you know, such a wide range of outcomes for them. A lot of talent, very young, incredible coach. But it's still like I don't think I would put them to beat the Suns back to back games, uh, even this early in the season, even with the injury issues for the Suns. Um, so I think that was very impressive and, and quite like the notch on the belt to kind of come out the gate with. And then no one, I don't think really expected him to pop off or like, was it 38 points or 30? No, it was well over 30 points on that game too. And so that's, that's quite the, the start as well, because, you know, we thought the stocks were going to be there and everything, but for him to get the, uh, the points, like kind of uptick, like that's, that's a great sign I think for him as well. And it was, he's just doing ridiculous shit on the court. Like it's it, the photos as well are just like they look like they photos been next to Durant were just it's they amazing. Look, they look photoshopped. Legitimately, they look photoshopped. photoshopped. Yeah. yeah, it's like hard to tell. Like what the fuck is this a real photo or was this edited? Like I mean, you know, who's who's in the yeah? Video, but it's it's a beautiful thing. Andy, for he like just looking at his box score and tell me if I'm wrong, but he seems like a pretty volatile fantasy pick like just his minutes usage have been all over the map like last night uh only 21 minutes and then the game he popped off you know he's playing 34 uh minutes there i guess that makes it kind of fun right because a lot of the nba stuff is just directly tied to usage it's fairly predictable but he seems like he could be all over the map yeah he he's been a really tough guy in the underdog battle royales his adp has always been really high um even like for tomorrow where there's 14 games so there's a ton of really good players he's still going at about 15 or so 14 15 overall um that most recent game where he had a lot less minutes uh it was a really really big blowout they just got totally crushed um and so i think that was a part of it but yeah i think like he feels like someone to me where I've been generally fading him in tournaments so far, but just like one day he's going to drop 80 fantasy points and just totally break a slate and everyone's, yeah. and then he's just going to, you know, be the one overall pick the next time or something. Um, and so it's kind of just like waiting for that to happen. And it just feels inevitable uh, with how he's been playing. And so like, I've kind of stopped fading him um, like going into tomorrow. I think I'm actually slightly above the field on on him yeah like just barely above the field it's not a perfect analog but just you know hopping in drafts this week for nfl and seeing where some kind of like early ranks are coming in like that's kind of the jameer gibbs problem this mm -hmm. week where he's not actually going to project very well and if you're just sorting by projections like he's being way overdrafted and yet anyone can tell a story about his ceiling in this game against the chargers. And I, I do think you're right, Andy, that in general, you want to be fading that because the underdog market is a little overconfident in how often he hits that ceiling. And yet it's still so fucking enticing to be like, yeah, your Gibbs can drop a 30 ball in this spot. I don't want to be full fading that. So it does make it really difficult. And I feel like Chris Olave has been that kind of previous weeks mm -hmm. where it's been like so sexy, perfect spot, all these air yards. And it's also like, He's probably being overdrafted relative to his volume right now. Yeah. What I've found in, in like with Wembenyama, and I feel like this happens with a lot of those guys as well, like Gibbs or, you know, this different guy every week for NFL, I feel like in those types of situations, is it's someone who you can like maybe not have ranked at ADP or like draft them at ADP, but draft them like a little bit higher than your projections or like yeah. pure statistical rankings go and you end up getting them where they slip. Like I, I, this was a bit of an outlier, but like I was able to draft him today at like pick 24 in one of my drafts, which was like really, really late. 
Um, mm-hmm. But like every once in a while, you'll get a bunch of people who are like, oh, Wemby's overhyped. He's, you know, he's too volatile. I don't want him. And if everyone in the lobby feels that way, you might just get lucky and get him really late. Um, and that's where it feels really good, where you're like, you know, the, the risk is way less if when you get one more really stud blue chip guy in front of him. Yeah. And it's like, you think about the analog to say, like, if you knew the ownership projections for like salary cap games on DraftKings, right. And you're like, I'm not playing that guy at 40%, but I guarantee there's a number threshold where I get to, I'm like, what about at 10? What about 5%? What about 2%? You're like, oh yeah, no, for sure. And it's the same thing with an ADP. You're like, I might not take him in the second round, but you're going to give me him in the third, the fourth, all of all of a sudden the calculus completely changes. So I do like that idea of being price sensitive, um, but you're ultimately going to end up coming in underweight on those type of really volatile mm. plays, it sounds like. Yeah, but then you like hopefully have really good like closing line ADP value when you do have them. And so it's like yeah. kind of leverage against the field where it's like, I don't have as much Wemby as you do, but I got him four picks past ADP on average versus everyone else who was, you know, taking him at ADP or higher, um, which is like a reminds nice me, kind of counter to it. Reminds me a lot of like some, in some respects, like showdown strategy on redacted where like you think about like um, a player's like uh roster percentage like in the flex versus captain and sometimes you want to make that bet on just rostering them in the captain spot to kind of get some leverage on the field like if it hits i'm taking like the the pure upside case in some respects because like i don't want to like just trot them out there in the flex where you know more chalky situation and not capitalize on the upside if i if i got them let me get them in the right spot and i might have them less frequently than the field uh as you talk about with the drafting perspective but yeah i think that's pretty cool um not to derail us too much, but I realized like last week I was going to ask Andy about a little bit of a crypto run that's going on. And then we just got distracted talking about football at hoops, but it seems like things are still pumping a good bit. I even saw the crypto punks are having a little bit of a resurgence after what was it? The board ape guy market bought uh, a crypto punk and that sent uh, a oh, my headphones are cutting out. I can't hear you. Oh, I'm going to, Right, right when issues. we go to Andy's crypto corner, he's getting uh, my, something is fucked with my a laptop. I think I need to buy a new one, honestly, which is disappointing because this isn't that old. But both that's the reason I changed headphones earlier is they were like stuttering a lot, and I was like, all right, let me change to these ones, and it wasn't any better. But I was just like basically lip reading to tell what you guys were saying when it was stuttering, <laughs> and I just decided it wasn't worth doing that anymore. He's closed captioning on Streamyard. <laughs> yeah, I can hear you guys. You sound fine through my computer. It's something with the yeah, Bluetooth on my computer's like fucked. Um, sorry, what was the question, Pete? I, I got so the I crypto's doing well, seems to still be crypto? doing well. NFTs, is this uh, is this something you've been uh, tracking a little bit? Yeah, the uh, <laughs> did you see the Simpsons episode thing? That... I saw your clip that you posted, yeah, yeah, it was pretty funny. I mean, I didn't watch the whole episode, I haven't watched Simpsons in a long time, um, but yeah, like NFTs in general have been doing decently well. I mean, crypto as a whole has been doing really well. Um, it's been a little surprising to see NF- NFTs follow on so fast after this, after the, uh, Simpsons episode, uh, Springfield punks were released and they've done very well, or, you know, they, they like went up a lot and went down a lot. That's um, but yeah, it's, it seems like there's just like a lot of excitement back in, back in the crypto markets right now. That's, uh, yeah, it, the, uh, what was the stuff too? Did I see something like... I saw a tweet from the main board ape account that they had some like event and everyone got like pink eye or something. So <laughs> yeah. 
so they no, it wasn't pink eye. The they, LED lights. They had like a particular type of like UV LED light that like uh, literally uh, almost blinded people. They had to go to the hospital and like basically like was the same as just like staring into the sun. <laughs> <laughs> and so like like a non-trivial amount of people had to go to the hospital afterwards. Jeez. Okay. I read that they I was just like skimming and it was like we heard everyone with their eye incident. I just like assumed that there was like some yeah, like, it was in Hong Kong too, Jeez. right? Or where was it? Where was it at? Yeah, it was in Hong Kong. Yeah, it was in Hong Kong too. So, like, I mean, that's international hospitals are not the most fun experience in the world. Um, if you're traveling abroad, so like, good luck. Oh my yeah, goodness, no, definitely not. Um, any other uh, updates on uh, IKB your uh, your site these days? Not too much. I'm very actively right now. Like right before this call, I was working on a lot of the really boring stuff, like our like responsible gaming and all of those kinds of things that you have to do, yeah. like self-limiting and all of that. Um, but no, we're just trucking along. We uh, don't have like a launch date set or anything yet. Well, we're probably going to roll out with like paper trading to start, you know, just like play with, play with fake money and make yeah. sure nothing's broken. Um, yeah. I want to try to have that for the Thanksgiving games just to like have be for some fun. And maybe we'll do like yeah. a giveaway for whoever does the best or something. Um, but yeah, we're, we're getting pretty close. We have like a lot of the baseline of the website kind of all wired up. And now we're, I'm handling all the really boring stuff that is harder to mess up. And then uh, Nate, my co-founder is doing like the actual gameplay side of things that I would definitely mess up if I had to do. Nice. We'll keep us posted. I'll definitely get in some, uh, some free, uh, Thanksgiving contests. Uh, speaking of contests, the underdog lobby is full. We got all kinds of stuff. I, I figured uh, there's lots of different places we could start. I was thinking goal line stand would be a good one this week. That 12 person contest is rake free, which is always a huge bonus there. Only $9. And then I've been enjoying, I'm definitely going to pile into the dog bowl, uh, this week again, but I kind of like using the goal line stand to get my bearings, uh, yeah. a little bit more and get some reps in there, rake free reps. So you guys want to do a goal line stand? Let's, Let's do, do it. it. All right, sweet. Plenty of room here if anyone wants to draft uh, with us here. This is um, the other nice thing about this too, um, much smaller contest, 3,000 entrants here. Obviously a smaller top prize, but a much better chance to uh, to realize yeah, uh, nice. your edge. Yeah. While we're doing this, I know, Clay, you sent us in DM right before we got on here that the uh, way too early NFL playoff best ball mm -hmm. dropped on yeah. underdog. And you, you guys have any hot takes or quick thoughts before we get into this week? How the fuck you draft playoff best ball in week 10? No, I mean. <laughs> so I don't know if anyone like has theories about this, but I was thinking about it because I drafted a lot of the way too early best ball last year. Um, yeah. yeah. I think like the right strategy is basically just like only draft players from the teams who you feel like basically 100% confidence are going to win or like yeah. guys who – or unless you have like really strong conviction in a team that's going to make the playoffs. Cause I just feel like having those dead players is just so brutal in those yeah. first couple of weeks. Um, but I don't know. Is, I'm curious to see. It is the ultimate, um, you know, as far as like the advantages of drafting early versus drafting late, like 
you can get combos that will no longer exist like yeah. in a really big way because the playoff odds just shift the ADP so much. So if you're really dialed in, but it, I do think you're right, Andy, I think you have to be really cognizant of your floor, right. Of making sure you're not taking on because the guys that are thin wild card plays that get in at the last minute, those guys are always going to be pretty much available later in drafts mm -hmm. anyways. So you don't want to burn those spots, but I do like the idea of maybe on some of the teams who might get a buy or some of the top teams that haven't fully solidified, like eventually it will be very hard to get like Jamar Chase, T Higgins, Joe Burrow combos or stuff like that. Whereas when there's a little bit more uncertainty, you can kind of get some of those. So it, it's definitely uh, can go both ways. Yeah. I think just like basically trying to draft super teams is like yeah. probably the, like, I, I think back to thinking back to like last NFL playoff best ball, like, players i mean it was different wide receiver core but like a lot of like the chiefs wide receivers started out playoff best ball drafts like so low basically free and by mm -hmm. the time it was like guaranteed that they were gonna be in the playoffs and like basically the player pool had shrunk so much from teams being eliminated like it became way harder to stack those guys and like build teams and i think just like taking advantage of that wider player pool to build out rosters that you like feel are actually very very live um dude do you like know what i was just realizing game. the chiefs are obviously like the most frustrating fantasy team right now but they yeah. are like the perfect playoff best ball team yeah they are like yeah. nine different ways you can go and gonna be so many unique angles and all of their adps are gonna be suppressed because no one knows which one to select i think that's gonna be very fun for late round because if you can nail the the ancillary KC playoff winners like that's going to be such a massive edge. Yeah, if you can nail the you know MVS two touchdown game. Yeah, guy. I also think too like it's an interesting thought exercise to be like, all right, well, you know, right now the Eagles look kind of like the runaway favorite to maybe get the buy um, in the NFC side, right? But like their schedule is going to get a little bit tougher. So like, is there going to be hesitation for people to draft Eagles because of that, or are they going to be like, screw it, Eagles are a lock to make the playoffs essentially at this point in time? going to draft right away like i wonder how much adp will vary over the coming weeks for a team like that whereas like the afc is way more wide open and you could like currently have chiefs being in you know first i think still after that win against the uh the dolphins but um i don't know and then you got a team like the bills that's technically like on the bubble but you know we well, would all hope and admire that they would make the playoffs <laughs> I think that's a good take, Clay. I think my macro, if I started hopping in some of these, would be to really prioritize the Niners and Eagles because their path to the NFC Championship game is just so much easier than mm -hmm. anything the AFC West teams have to contend with because it's like yeah. you got the Chiefs, the Bills, the Ravens. You got the Bengals, who are the hottest team in the AFC right now. You still have the Dolphins, who no one wants to face. Like, there's so many ways I could see the Browns' defense breaking. could win a nasty playoff game where it's cold and mm -hmm. rainy, and For they sure. just beat the shit out of whoever they're playing. Yeah. So I I think you just have such a higher probability of getting at least uh two to three games, and the Niners could be that sweet spot, right, where yeah. they're the best team, but they still don't lock up a buy necessarily right. Right. um and they're they've been without debo samuel they just traded and beefed up their defense like they seem like a, a great target in the and like draft. they're tied with the seahawks for the division right now but they're so much better than the seahawks i feel Way like better yeah uh yeah, yeah lions a... definitely a good shout out they're probably yeah. the third team there and uh sammy giving some love to the chargers um 
they they're probably on the fringe there, but uh, man, I don't know how much faith I have in the Chargers these days. Uh, not in the playoff scenarios. I'm not super keen on the idea of the Chargers. I just don't. They just don't seem they have that gumption to you know win some playoff games. Speaking like of the Chargers, I was really proud of myself. I didn't watch a minute of the Monday Night Football game last night. I was like, I'm not watching another primetime Jets game. I'm not going to do it. No one can convince me. And I never Maybe. turned it on. I was really you know proud. what's sad is like it was a game that felt like it was so close to being an actually like good game, and the Jets just did Jet things early on to um. Oh, what do I want to do here? Yeah, we're dis- off to the races in this goal line stand. Andy had the one two, took CD Lamb. I had the one ten and took Mark Andrews. Now Clay is on the clock at one eleven. I don't feel great about my one two CD Lamb, but I really don't know who else like. It feels really, really flat after McCaffrey. The only the only thing I, I do think CD Lamb's the 102. I think Eckler should probably be the 103. Yeah. I think when you look at the running back depth too, though, for this 12 man, like I think you can make the case that Eckler should be the 102 just because like when I mean, you scroll down a little bit and all of a sudden it's like you might end up with Gus Edwards. <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> it is scary. running back. Running back from the twelve person drafts is definitely the one I'm getting a little spooked at when I when I punt it because you it's very tempting to start lining up some of your stacks in like three four five and I keep punting running back and then you're like oh shit I'm looking yeah, at like, you know am I really uh, gonna take Devin Singletary here in the last yeah. round or I don't know man Gus Edwards is a RB one on underdog I hear so <laughs> yeah, those five carries last week were really they just. Hit all the right notes. I hate they hit different. All right, Clay, what are you doing with uh, Higgins here now in your second round? Yeah, I think I'm going to go. God, it is disgusting. I don't love anything of it, but I'm going to go. I got to make a pick quick here. Let's go. I'm going to go. I'm going Pollard. We're going to do it. Yeah, I saw our guy John Warner from the Badge Bros uh, had a tweet going back in on Pollard this week. Uh, I mean, the matchup is much better. They have legitimately had a brutal stretch of running back matchups, um, but it's still frustrating how little passing game and screen game usage he's getting. He really needs that to unlock his full upside. Yeah, I'm just kind of banking. I think this is a week you're just banking on the fact that, like, I don't know, man. They're they're like the Colts games have been drunk in one way, and the the Cowboys games have been drunk in another way. Where all of the point discrepancy besides the game last week with the Eagles, but the Giants being so bad and they're like favored by a, a million and a half, um, you're hoping they're going to run the ball more this week than try to air it out. At least if they get a, a lead early with you know still tapping into CD. So yeah, we'll see. Um, doesn't feel good, but bank yeah. on upside. I went, I just did the easy stack, Andrews, uh, Lamar, pretty readily available ADP wise. But I do in these 12 person drafts, like there's no certainties at quarterback unless you're really scrolling down. Um, you think you have a stack dialed up. Like I was setting up something with Sam Howell, um, who isn't even uh, like one of the top quarterbacks. And I still just got sniped naked by someone. So there is yeah. some comfort in having your onesie positions <laughs> locked up and then you can kind of go more best player available and not sweat the stacks as much. I was really hoping the Dak fell to me there for the Dak CD. But... Yeah. I will say it's pretty interesting that uh tank Dell has got a higher ADP than Nico Collins presently. Yeah. I mean, that's the classic 
it's the recency bias. Recency bias. Yep. You know what? And in the same way, Nico was getting drafted in all the battle royales for a few weeks, and Tank Dell was going undrafted, and then it's like, well, what have you done for me lately? Yeah, I think probably the arguments we made in favor of Tank is probably more so like he not only is a rookie and like like basically he's performed better this last week at 11 targets but is also a rookie coming off of you know they've they've come through their bye now and they're like i feel like rookies generally feel like they take a step forward after their bye or like perform well after buys i, I don't know that that would yeah. i think be like the case to be made pro well, you got kind of a three-headed monster because like Noah Brown seems to be somewhat of a real deal too. I mean, granted, he's not getting a ton of he's like averaging what six six targets, I think, still or six receptions, but I don't even know. But his, I mean, he's capitalizing on those <laughs> opportunities in an insane yeah. way. That's just a fun team, man. I, I it's embarrassing Stroud did not get pick number one in hindsight. So Andy, you paired uh, Olave with CD Lamb, and then also grabbed uh, Hawkinson there. I like that little mini correlation. Hawkinson, Olave, Hawk uh, seems to just get a ton of targets, no matter who's the quarterback, which is always a nice thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. I uh, and I mean, Dobbs was throwing to his tight ends a ton. And so I have to imagine once he learns his name, he'll he'll get a lot of targets next week. And <laughs> yeah, that was a weird thing, like that lied to where, first of all, I know all of the names of people that Josh Dobbs would be throwing to, not his offensive linemen, but I would at least know the offensive players there. And also, not to take anything away from the Josh Dobbs story, but I don't know, maybe you're on that plane, pull up in a little, uh, I don't know, Minnesota Vikings yearbook. <laughs> Kind of putting some faces today. Yeah, there. start, they start really scrolling played. through the, the yeah. roster. Uh, um. All right. What am I going to do here? I would definitely like to get a running back if possible. Man, I had to do Barclay. I mean, Aaron Jones's usage was. Fantastic. Very, very good last week. And Pittsburgh, nothing scary there. I think I'm going to ride the Aaron Jones train. Yeah, I like that a lot. I guess, I think projections-wise, Barkley. Um, but, man, I just, I just want no part of this Tommy DeVito offense versus the Cowboys. Um, yeah, you can't, for, you can't pay me enough to click Saquon. I think he's a good player, but... That game script is just too brutal. To... Yeah, but yeah, you're you're short, right short though. Down. So Clay, you got Stroud here. Are you gonna stack that up? You got two yeah, options. Yeah, go with Nico. Yep. I'm going Nico. Um, I just you know maybe it's things in Nico week. So yeah, it was everybody week last week, but just I don't want to buy into the tank too much here. So I'm gonna stack them up a little. Bring back on my Higgins share. I like grab a lot this week. Yeah, I, I'm it's a great very game environment. Much, I'm very excited about that game. Me too. Um, I'm gonna keep. There might be some Gino. Might be some. Might be some Gino time this week. Finally, breakout. Yeah. Yeah, Gino's looking like he's gonna be a good battle royale pick as well because he's right outside the uh, the top six quarterbacks. Howell too, honestly. Most of the early ranks I've seen too even have Howell ranked ahead of Gino. 
uh, as a quarterback play this week. I'm always a little more squirmish on the road, but yeah. he's slinging it so much. It just doesn't even matter. He's had damn near 40 pass attempts, um, if not over, like last four weeks, I believe, uh, aside from that one 28 attempt game a couple weeks back. But Kyler scares me. Do people um, think he's actually going to play this week? He yeah, is. He play. is. He was just activated to the 53 man. Okay. And they've already, Jonathan Gannon has said he's going to play. But haven't you heard that That's the new Call of Duty comes out on Thursday? <laughs> What's that, Clay? The new Call of Duty evidently comes out on Thursday. Oh, and, uh, That's not good. Yeah, it's not good. So interesting timing there. Uh, it's getting released the same week that he comes back from injury. Yeah, but uh, Mookie, he's <laughs> starting to get drafted in these at like QB 10 to 12 range. Um, he's not getting drafted in Battle Royales at all, uh, but is a, a last quarterback option in these. It's a nice matchup. Yeah, uh, I think you can make the case that he should not go completely unknown in Battle Royals. For sure. He, I think he's going to be like the last week's version of that in Battle Royale was um, was Deshaun Watson, who is mm-hmm. going completely undrafted despite projecting uh, pretty well. Obviously, it didn't work out. Um, but yeah, I think Kyler in the six-person drafts is going to be a very nice play. Yeah, I don't even mind like naked Kyler in some respects, just because like I don't know if he's healthy enough to come back. You got to imagine that he's feeling spry enough to run around, and they don't have a whole lot of you know opportunity for him to create with other guys in the team. So maybe he just runs a shit ton, just says "fuck it, I'm scrolling." Well, like we were at the the four or five turn here. I'm kind of surprised. So like here, this is a fun one to talk through. So Vanny mm-hmm. user here just double tap Dobbs Addison. What would you rather have, Dobbs Addison? or Kyler Marquise Brown, because that was available too. I think it's uh, Kyler Marquise Brown. I yeah, do too. I, I do too, especially against New Orleans. The they're they're a real D- enough defense for me to not. The thing about Dobbs is his best asset is more for his own fantasy value because he's rushing so much, and he'll get those yeah. goal line carries. And not saying that you don't want to stack him. Like If you're winning a tournament with Josh Dobbs, you're probably wanting – to to stack him but i still think he's more like mid qb2 range where kyler i think is a top 12 quarterback on this week yeah also too like you know if you care all about the cornerback matchups um and Lattimore being somebody that people respect within the industry i, I would reckon that like i would much rather have him paired with hawkinson than addison um but I don't have all the data to back up that take because maybe they're great against tight ends too. Yeah. Uh, Andy, you got the uh, the Derek Carr stack there with Olave, the Hawk bring back. Also got, I'm surprised Tank Dell fell that far. Me too. I wasn't going to take him. I was going to take, um, I was actually going to take Marquise Brown there and give myself a little bit more optionality at quarterback and punt quarterback another pick, but I feel like the run, any other running backs at this point will be available and tank Dell dropping that far felt unique. I think too, you see what J nation, you know, and this is kind of the issue with taking like Joe Burrow in the first round is obviously chases off the board. You miss out on Higgins and then you're forced to take Tyler Boyd because you want some stack equity there. But mm-hmm. Tyler Boyd is definitely overdrafted relative to Amari Christian Kirk tank. Yeah. Dell. Um, kind of puts you in a bad spot when you then have to force that sack. I probably would have just punted the stack until the last round and done Irv Smith 
um, is probably how I would have done that. Uh, just because I think there's too much opportunity cost passing up on some of those wide receivers with much bigger market shares there. What do you guys think about um, how are we handling Atlanta tight ends this uh, this week? Atlanta tight ends. Um, the flowchart matchup. Johnny's RB1, so uh, maybe we get some pits action. <laughs> Yeah, it's always the answer is always Janu. It's got to be Janu, right? Yeah, yeah. Look at like this is this is what Arthur Smith has done to us. He has the chat I saying Janu and Tyler Algier. It's like we've all decided why why fight it? Why fight it? Just just right. play Janu yeah. and Tyler Algier, and then you can't tilt. Yeah, no kidding. I also kind of like um, I'm gonna throw this out there because I don't normally want to play Q tag, but Arizona is so shitty. Like Drake London with the Q tag. And I yeah. can swap him out if he sits. I think it feels like a good pick here. I definitely want to scope the uh, injury reports on him. It didn't seem like he was like in any risk of getting placed on IR or anything like no. that. No, it did not. So I'm going to take that, and then hopefully I can swap to a decent player. And yeah, let's uh, – damn. Now, now am I going to go two Atlanta players? That feels disgusting. Um. I do really think in these, like the the over correlation, I think is very very viable. Yeah, Atlanta is so bad. Like, let's just all right, it's John new season. Do that. we know if James Conner is going to play this week? Um, that one. I, it's funny you were talking. The reason I know is I was just writing up both Cardinals for the Fantasy Life uh, newsletter tomorrow. Um they when i was reading the quotes from them they're saying like they're going to ramp him up he's eligible to return i think it seems like maybe less than 50 percent chance i'd put it at like a 30 to 35 percent chance he plays this week but i was kind of leaning based on what i was reading it that he wasn't going to suit up and then he'd be maybe one more week away or he suits up and he's kind of limited kind of mm-hmm. thing but i don't well, think you're gonna drafting naji harris <laughs> that's gross <laughs> Although though he literally had the best run of his life last Thursday in prime time, so yeah, yeah, it's, it's um, an interesting spot down here. Actually, like it doesn't feel quite as gross as I thought it would. Like you have Al- Alexander Madison, Najee, Jerome Ford, and the one guy who I like kind of like Loki interested in is Antonio Gibson, just because yeah, now with Washington's defense being even worse, like yeah. they're just going to be in so many passing situations that he could like there could totally be a week where he has 10 catches i was thinking about that andy and i was thinking like um with like bringbacks and stuff for that game because it's one i'm thinking about a lot where i don't mind brian robinson with gino doubles because the seahawks do need to get pushed and if they're having success on the ground the commanders um would maybe lean on brian robinson but if you're playing like Sam Howell stuff or want to play like Kenneth Walker. Like I think like Kenneth Walker and Antonio Gibson together is like a pretty spicy pairing just with how polarized their mm-hmm. usage has been relative to, to game scripts. Yeah. Um, do you know what's wild guys? Trevor Lawrence is going to go undrafted in this. That's oh, wow. Nuts. That is crazy. And Kyler. Um, God, you know I what's mean, funny is my best BR team last week, I took Taysom Hill at quarterback because I got iced out of every single option. And I was like, screw it, it's leverage on Kamara and Alave. <laughs> and it cashed. 
Yeah, I I mean, I understand people are afraid of the Niners defense, but that the Jags at home in a game that has a really nice total um I think that's maybe too much galaxy braining to be fading Lawrence in a 12 person. I agree. Um all right, let's recap these teams. Andy did stick to his word and took uh, second-to-last pick, Najee Harris. Uh, Clay loaded up on his Falcons to end, Drake London, Johnny Smith. And I uh, I grabbed two more wide receivers. George Pickens kind of opposite of Aaron Jones, hoping that game is a little nicer than people expect. And then I was, I was wrestling back and forth with Zay or uh, Odell for my double. Um, but I think the way I'm probably going to play it is Z- I'll take last round Zay in these 12 person, but in the battle Royales, I think Odell is going to be a much better pick because he won't go, uh, drafted most of the time. Sweet. I should be hopping one. Yeah. You want to do a battle Royale here? Yeah, let's do it. See if we can all get in the same one here. It'll be harder. Yeah. I'm oh yeah. Now. I'm if not, no big deal. Wait on five, three. All right, I think we might get in. All right. I think it's all three of us in here. Really? Mm. That was good. Good luck. Yeah, good timing. Yeah, Nick says uh, he got Lamar in the last round of a BR earlier. Same thing happened to me. I was setting up like my classic little Geno stack, and I had taken Mark Andrews uh, early. And then I'm sitting there, and I was going to click Geno, and I was like, wait, Lamar is available. I'm going to stack up Lamar with late round Mark Andrews. Um, is that again, just people, I mean, like I know Cleveland's defense is all right, but are we seriously worried about the Cleveland defense as it pertains to Lamar at home here in this spot? That seems a little too Galbrand to me. Like slightly. I don't know. I've been, I've been loading up on like Lamar Andrews the last couple of weeks and it hasn't been, uh, as fun as it was against the lions. Yeah. Um, but it does feel like it's, you know, he does kind of like play better against some of these like better teams and better defenses like we'll just you know he's gonna be run away from Mike miles garrett so maybe he just does a lot more and goes into madden mode but these shitty uh teams like in better matchups it just feels like he doesn't have to do a whole lot which is you know kind of the point right they just ran the ball like crazy yeah. so it does feel like a little more weak in a lot of respects because people are off of him and scared of the browns defense yeah i just love like any week and i mean sacrilegious uh, who will talk about it, I'm sure, on Stat Chasing tonight. I mean, anytime you can easily get that Lamar and Andrews combo, I think you need to have a good chunk of it in your portfolio, regardless of matchup, mm-hmm. just because those two can break the slate in such a correlated fashion. And like you can legit be just DD or GG dead if you don't have the, the Lamar Andrews stack. And it's just like to get that kind of ceiling from the onesie positions. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm going to have a ton of it this week. If, uh, if that continues to hold. Oh man. Do we feel like chase is playing this week? I think he's going to, I think he's going to play. It's just back soreness. I said, yeah, yeah. that did not look fun though, but he's got a week and they have the best medical staff of all time in the NFL these days. So I got to imagine that he can get over some back soreness to play, but it is not, I don't know. Back injuries are not not a fun game, so we're gonna stack no. them up. Yeah. And get out. It has been nice to see T. Higgins kind of come back to life. He, yeah. Uh, he's someone who I have a ton of in best ball, and yeah, having him not even ties right now to even go like, to double up and just be like that's gonna be unique. But I'm not gonna take that chance. So I'll get. I mean, if you if you had the guarantee that Herbert was gonna slide to you, I'd like it. Yeah. Same. 
Which in this room it could because it's a lot of badges and like I don't see people taking an unstacked burrow, but hmm. I probably should went for it. That would be fun. The um uh yeah, so that we're now doing the battle royale, the six person, Andy, Clay, and I all back to back here, four, five, six. Uh Andy goes Eckler and Andrews. Clay gets that alpha chase burrow stack, and I just scoop up. Uh, the top ADP guys there, Alvin Kamara and Keenan Allen. It is so funny to see how swingy it is. And I, I realize this is a much better week and you have CMC and Eckler, uh, available, but just for Alvin Kamara to go from one one to, uh, falling all the way to the end is again, just whereas what, if he would have had two touchdowns, he'd be the one Oh two after yeah. CMC. It's just, I, I've been continually reminded, especially with NBA where it's back to back every night, just yeah. how scoreboard reactive underdog is comparatively to other like similar style contests. And I, mean, I know they all are, but like underdog, especially, I think because ADP is set so early and it does anchor people so much. Yeah. Um, it's just really hard to get past that. And you like when it's being set early, you click on their name and look at their last three games and go, oh, they put bad the last two games. I don't want them. Yep. It's like a really hard just, psychological a, thing to get over. I love that game environment too. Minnesota, New Orleans in the oh, dome yeah. there. I think that one could get fun. There goes T. Were you trying to get that the double clay? I mean, I was praying for it, but I didn't think it was likely. I thought it would be that'd be fun. All right. Well, I'm gonna do what we just said and I was gonna see if you're gonna push it. No, I, I didn't want to risk it. I feel like you would have taken him if I had. I, I I wasn't. I mean, I'll definitely have some like Lamar Odell. I bet uh, this week, but I don't think I would have forced it there. I'm gonna go. Let's see. What Is the Chargers Detroit game the highest total on the slate? The or is it Minnesota, um, New Orleans? Is it? I haven't really looked at this one too much. It's. Uh, I think it's a chart. It's a Chargers game. Uh, Chargers Detroit, I believe, is the highest total. Yeah, Chargers Detroit. Let me. Uh, oh damn! You did up. go Evans. Fuck! I should have taken him first. Sorry. No, you good? Do your thing. I. Uh, just double tap my my alpha wide receivers there, Metcalf and Evans. Yeah, so uh, Jags 49ers has a 46 point total, Lions Chargers has a 48 and a half point total, Texans Bengals has a 48 point total. Um, so compared to last week when we only had one game with a total over 45 on the main slate, that Dallas yeah. Eagles game, this this looks pretty nice. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, and I'm also, not sure if I'm gonna allow Sanders. myself to be tricked into drafting. Bijan Robinson. So I know. God, I'm not so falling hard. for that psyop today. Yeah, it'll be funny to see how far he falls. Pierce isn't coming back this week, right? He's still out for a minute. Q tag. Pierce? He's Q tag, yeah, I think. Yeah. I don't know. That's a, I don't that's know. a gross I... running back room there. That's so sad, man. He's one of my favorite yeah. best ball selections. I just thought he was like gonna get the work and talent, but yeah, this was this was definitely a year in best ball where avoiding that um dead RB dead zone was very profitable, I feel like. Yes. Other than David Montgomery. Yeah. I mean, even like 
it, it's cra- it's such a long season. Like Kenneth Walker was smashing and that, from the dead zone, and now he's looking kind of dicey. Like all of these guys have their their moments for stretches, except Damian Pierce, who's just been yeah, and Miles yeah. Sanders, yeah. And then you'll get guys like you know Pacheco, right? Like he's probably slightly paying off his draft. You have a late have, dead zone too. You can get him at like ninety sometimes. Yeah, and he's not killing you by any means, but he's also he's more just like a higher floor than mm-hmm. a ceiling guy. But it's crazy how much they don't use him in the red zone. Like I know, just how much the Chiefs don't run in the red zone in general. I guess. I'm still not going to fall for it. All right, let's see. Pete, you are boxed out. You just need quarterback and tight end, so I can kind of do whatever I want here. Yeah, you're good. I'm QB and tight end. I like it. Um, Wow, Bijan's still sitting there. I'm not going to do it. We're going to go... I'm going KW. Commanders nice. have no one on defense anymore. And uh gonna bring it back with a little scary Terry right here. I went ahead it's... and just stacked up Herbert with Keenan and then tacked on uh Gerald Everett. Uh Lions have actually been pretty bad against tight ends this year. Uh Everett is not that exciting, but if Herbert's the optimal, um someone's probably coming along for the ride with Keenan and we know it's not Quentin Johnston. God, uh, makes me so sad. Yeah, Davis, um, that Davis TD at the top. I wish I had known he was uh, returning kicks because I would have been on the double dip <laughs> game, but I did yeah. not get that deep in the weeds on the slate, unfortunately. Uh, so my team, uh, I have Herbert to Everett and Keenan. Oh, wow. Mike Evans, Mike Evans. What? Bijan went undrafted. That's wild. This is this is a good slate, man. Like if you're if you're telling me Aaron Jones and Bijan and Debo Samuel and I mean Calvin Ridley, yeah, lock it in a great Redacted. spot. Yeah, this is a very uh, yeah. very good battle royale slate. That's a lot of. It's good nice because it doesn't feel yeah, like one of those slates where there's just a million guys you can pick. Where it's like you can just close your eyes and auto draft and get a team that's going to put up 150 yeah. points. But at the same time, like there is depth and you have to like make trade-offs and decisions. Yeah. And when it is so deep and like guys like Bijan are going undrafted, it does start to make some of the, the players like that are fourth and fifth round guys. Like I like Brandon Ayuk. I like Olave. I like Evans who I just took here, but they like when they're going to have a hundred percent drafted rate relative to mm-hmm. say like George Pickens, right? Like George Pickens can do a Chris Olave, mm-hmm. uh, impression and he's going to be drafted sub five percent so those are definitely the things to look to uh exploit uh this week yeah totally yeah even like just taking chris godwin instead of mike evans or yep little things like that i'm definitely a little uh my early week battle royales i'm definitely a little chalkier just saying hey can i get some combinations Mm -hmm. i did like the one scroll down to grab gerald everett to make sure it's not like too chalky but then i feel like every single day as adp solidifies is when I'll start to get weirder and weirder with with scrolling down stuff. But uh, it's fun to just kind of get your bearings uh, on the slate at the top. Yeah, totally. And I think it like I think it's the right way to do it because you can like if you haven't done some drafts and you don't know what the vibe is generally that's happening in, in the draft, you may think you're getting unique when you're really not. 
and like when you really don't know what how people are playing it you're better to just uh like take the kind of more chalky stuff and hope you get unique there for sure also wild that uh trevor lawrence did get drafted in that draft and not in the 12 man and Dak i know did not get drafted in that br which is yeah. understandable. the guy that had that took uh trevor lawrence had ingram to stack him with but i mean yeah it's kind of it's kind of wild that Dak is not like 100 drafted yep um all right dudes uh good stuff uh always fun kicking off the uh the fantasy week with a few drafts here on the club uh anything else you guys would like to uh plug here before we get out no not too much i'll say uh, while we were doing this got a text from nate that we should be ready to go in a couple weeks for at least our beta stuff so if you want to try it out and have some fun go to ikb.gg and register with your email get you'll be first in line for some early access fun there you go available in your state but Otherwise, good. Beautiful. Um, yep. I uh, yeah. Check out Stat Chasing tonight if you guys are ship chasing YouTube members. Otherwise, that'll pull up. That's another really good like first primer for the slate. Drico and Sacrilegious kind of going through all the usage trends. It's very helpful if you're doing kind of early drafts before ranks and everything are dropped. And then I will have the uh, the Swolecast tomorrow night, and then just kind of the uh, the usual schedule. Uh, also with ship chasing, we're having uh, you know it's a gross Thursday night game, but we have booked a very fun guest, Robert Mays uh, from. Oh, nice. is going to be joining us he is a you know a self-loathing bears fan so that will be uh fun to have him on there hopefully we get justin fields like that game could actually be kind of fun if we get justin yeah fields. i've been listening to robert since when he was on the ringer podcast years ago I'll just yeah on. yeah i'm Too excited about that one uh as always hop in the uh deposit kingdom discord if you guys aren't in there uh all kinds of strategy talk going on for underdog drafts redacted all of that good stuff uh, appreciate you guys hanging out. We'll see you next time on the club. Peace.